We may preach it this morning. God may change our mind again. I like to just follow him. Can I get an amen this morning? We don't want to follow a form or a fashion, but we want to follow his perfect will. You found your place in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let's stand for the reading of God's word this morning. The Bible says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, whom shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Here we see Paul giving this charge to Timothy, and we need to listen this morning. He says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Listen, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned unto fables. Fables means lies. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of the ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and my time of my departure is at hand. I love this part right here. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, now therefore is what that means. Therefore is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Listen, and not to me only, but to unto all them also that love his appearing. Let us pray. Father, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm just a man of stammering lips. God, I ask that you'd speak through us this morning, that you'd move me out of the way, Lord, and that your people could see you. God, may we open our hearts for your word this morning, our ears of hearing. Help us to understand what you're about to show us and to tell us. And God, may I not get in the way. May I not put one word, Lord, that you don't put in my mouth. God, I pray that you'd fill us today with your love and your mercy. I pray for that one that's here, Lord, maybe considering. Consider today that today may be the day that they'd come and get saved. I pray that you'd deal with their hearts. Use us, Lord. We'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, Amen. amen. You can be seated this morning. We can see the final charge here to Timothy in this writing. He's encouraging, Paul is encouraging Timothy to keep the good fight up, to keep the faith up, to press on, to move on. It's not time to quit. It's time to get after it and keep keep going on. He's told him, said, I've taught you and I've led you and I've showed you. Now it's time for you to do something. And I feel like today that in these last moments that we're in, you know, we talk about the last days. I don't believe we're in the last days anymore. I believe we're in the last moments. We're in the last moments before Jesus calls for his church. I'm telling you, if you've read anything, if you're a student of the Bible, you'll understand that all has been fulfilled except for the coming of Christ. 
They've preached about it and talked about it and sung about it for thousands of years. And we're at the last moments to see it happen. I'm not a prophet. I'm not here trying to set a date when Christ is coming. But the Lord has told me to tell you it's time to get ready. Every time I sit down to study my Bible, I don't matter what I study or what I look over, the Holy Spirit starts reminding me, get ready, get ready, get ready. And so the last uh, few months, we've, we've had revival. We've been in tent revivals. We've had revival here at the church. And the Lord has set his spirit upon the church on fire. We've been on fire for the Lord. We've been seeing people saved. We've been seeing people join the church, seeing people step forward to do more for God. And it's sure not time to sit out on God now. It's time for us as a church to step up and step forward and do more for God. There's something going on. If you, if you don't feel that Holy Spirit moving in your life, seeing what God's doing, you've got your spiritual eyes shut this morning. Amen. You need to open up your eyes. Amen. And as I began to study and, and to deal with God uh, months ago about this message and he laid it upon my heart, he told me to tell you this morning that I want to preach a message entitled, We're in Dress Rehearsal this morning. We're just rehearsing for the main event that's Amen. about to happen. I'm telling you, we need to get ready. We need to get ready for the Lord. We need to be about his service. It's dress rehearsal time. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, how many's ever been to a play, ever watched them put a play on, and you thought, man, that's a, that was a good production. They worked hard at that. That looked really professional. Well, we ain't putting on a play. This is the real deal. It's about to pay off. We've been working hard for the Lord. We've been we've been. Uh, rehearsing and, and putting on different clothes and putting on different things, getting ready for this big event that's about to happen. I'm telling you what, the devil is trying to rock the church asleep. He's trying to make them unconcerned. He's getting them where they don't want to come to church anymore. They don't want to be in the house of God. They don't want to be around the people of God. But it's not time to let up. It's time to look up. Our redemption is drawing nigh. I'm telling you this morning, we need to be ready. And if you think about dress rehearsal, what do they do at a dress rehearsal? The first thing they do is they start practicing in a dress rehearsal. They have practice time. Well, that's what we're in right now. We're in practice time. What in the world are you talking about, preacher? We're practicing for this place that we're heading, amen? amen. When we get to heaven, it ain't gonna be. You ever been any place and you'd say, hey man, whole place look around at you like, what in the world? I mean, if you lift up your hands, they're looking around going, what's he raising his hand for? Man, I'm rehearsing for the main events. We're moving out of here someday. I'm going to a city where it's going to be loud. They're going to be shouting and hollering and praising the king of kings. She just sung about it. We're going to lay our crowns at the master's feet. We ain't going to sneak up on him. We're going to be praising him, amen, and giving him the glory for all that he's done. I don't know where you got this idea that we're going to be floating around on clouds plucking harps when we get there with angel wings. 
The Bible says, I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man. All the good things that God has prepared for them that love and serve him. I'm telling you, our minds can't even imagine what heaven's going to be like. Hollywood's per, uh, way of telling us about the heavenly things is floating around on clouds and plucking harps. It ain't going to be that way, I'm telling you. If you think about the, something that means a lot to you that you love in this life and you enjoy in this life, that ain't nothing compared to the way it will be when we get there. So in dress rehearsal, a lot of times, you know, we like to change clothes a lot of times. We'll take our jackets off and we'll find new jackets and put them on. We'll just get them out of the closet and we'll put them on and we'll get in front of the mirror and look at the mirror and go, man, that don't look good. So we take that jacket off and we go in there and we dig through the other 99 things that we've got and we keep on putting on new things all the time, trying to find something that'll satisfy us. I want to tell you this morning, only thing that'll satisfy you is a Lord Jesus Christ. It won't be a new suit. It won't be a new outfit. It'll be the Lord that'll satisfy you, amen. He's the only one. But in these last days, we're practicing. We're getting better at this thing. We're finally figuring out what tie goes with which shirt, which suit needs what, amen. And we get all dressed up and get ready for the main event that's about to happen. Hey, I may not, not look good in this new suit, but I'll tell you what, it belongs to the Lord. Amen, and I'm wearing it for him. And it ain't about wearing a suit. <laughs> it ain't wearing a tie or a new dress. You better be practicing up. We're fixing to go somewhere. We're going to be somebody in eternity. I don't know if you've studied your Bible much or not, but you better start studying. You're preparing who you're going to be right now in eternity. I'm glad that when we get there someday, he's going to look at me. It ain't going to be because I've been a preacher, a pastor, a singer. All these things that I've done for the Lord, it ain't going to be a list of them there. He said, because you've done this and because you've done that, you got a mansion over here, and this over here is for you, and that over there is for you, and this is a 1,500-acre over here is because you pastor the church and you preach my I'm telling you this morning it's level at the foot of the cross he said one day we stand before him and we'll be judged for every word every deed everything we've ever done we'll be judged before him We'll give an account of that before the Lord. It ain't hid uh, uh, to him. He knows every thought you've ever had. If he knows every hair on your head, he knows every thought you've ever thought. Boy, that's scary, ain't it? You know who you are? I'll tell you who you really are. You're the person when you're all alone and nobody's watching, that's exactly who you are. Is that tough this morning? That's tough this morning. When you get alone and there's nobody in the house and there's nobody around, nobody's watching, that's exactly who we are. That's how we're practicing life, this thing called life. You don't realize right now God is using you, molding you, taking you to another place to use him for his glory. Brother, you spoke a good word this morning when you said, I believe God has a purpose every time we stand. He puts us where he needs us. Uh, they couldn't have been truer words said this morning. He'll put you right where he needs you if you'll be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We're in practice right now. We're practicing for when we get to heaven. We're not going to sit around in heaven 
and be a bunch of quiet people. You get excited about going to a NASCAR race. Any NASCAR fans in here today that want to admit it? Thank you, brother. <laughs> it's fun watching them go in one direction, ain't it? What do we go to a race for? We like to watch them wreck, don't we? You can't tell me that 100,000 people are going to watch a race and watch guys run in a left-handed circle all the time and think, man, that was awesome. But you let one of them wreck, and they're all up on their, up on their feet, and they're looking, well, who it was, you know, and is that my, is that my driver? And it's exciting. You don't know what's going to happen next. I like it because some of our people here says, I, I can't stand to miss church because I don't know what's going to happen next. I love to be at the church because you don't know who's going to do what, how God's going to move. I just don't want to miss it. If you'll go, God will bless. We're practicing for the main event. <laughs> I'm telling you this morning, we're in rehearsal. In Matthew 6, 25, the Bible says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought of your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on it or put on. Is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment? See how we get caught up in life? I've got to have that better job. I've got to buy a new outfit. Man, I need a new car. I don't know, I need to go buy a four-cylinder of gas at $5 a gallon. I, I, need a, I need a smaller car. You go out and sell the big car to get a little car. You don't realize you're paying more money for that little car to buy that $5 gallon of gas that if you'd have spread that out for the big one, you'd have saved money than trading. But the devil says you need to trade. You're right, I need, a, I need another car. Man, I need a nice blue shirt, shirt like he's got on. I don't have a nice shirt like that. I need a shirt like that. And the devil gets you all wrapped up in the things of the world. And you're all focused. Hey, I'm not the only one. Can I get an amen this morning? I've got focused on the world at times. And it draws me away from the will of God when I get my eyes off the Lord. He's got a will that's pulling on me, but I'm wanting to go over here. And the Lord is such a perfect gentleman, he'll let me go. And I go over here and fall on my face. And the Lord don't stand over me going, I told you so. <laughs> I told you he's going to mess up. He don't do that. What's he do? He comes over and gets me up. Loves on me. Brings me back over to his will. Says, now, son, go on. Go on for me. Our problem is, is we get our eyes off of this time of practice that we're in. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with such a great cloud of witness, the Bible says, Let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. Do we let sin beset us, pull us out of the will of God? Do we not do that? We do that in this dress rehearsal of life. We let it set us aside. But he says, run the race with patience. Run it with patience. This race that is set before you. We all have a race before us. Paul's telling Timothy, keep running the race. 
Keep doing what you know to do is right. Don't get your eyes one way or the other. Keep following the Lord. But there's so much distraction right now. I think Brother Terry preached on that one time about distractions, background noise or something he mentioned. We get so focused on background noise and things that's going on that we forget about what God is really wanting us to do. You all that are talented and can sing and play music and do all these different things and teach Sunday school classes and do things for God, don't forget what God has asked you to do. Well, I'm not praised. I'm not, no, people don't look at me and lift me up like they do you and, and nobody really cares for what I'm doing. Are you doing it for them? Are you doing it for him? Amen. <laughs> Ouch. Sometimes we do it for them. Why? Because everybody likes a good old boy, Pat, don't they? Oh, I'm the only one. <laughs> brother Tony, you've done a wonderful job this morning, brother, and I appreciate it. I want you to know I appreciate it. But more than I appreciate it, the Lord appreciates it. The Lord appreciates that you took your talent and honored him. That's what the Lord appreciates. And if I hadn't said it or nobody said it, the Lord appreciated it. And you know what he did? He wrote it down in glory that the pastor had a need and you stepped up to help him. God kept a record of it, I promise you that. Every time you've done something for God, he's keeping a record of it. Someday we'll stand before God and our works will be tried. Be tried by the fires of God that comes out of his eyes. And everything that's been done in vain, everything that's been done for our glory will be burned up. Only thing will be left that that that's been done for him out of the trueness of your heart will be left before him. And that's the crowns that we'll be able to lay at his feet. We'll be able to take them works and say, Lord, I'm so unworthy and I'm thankful that you allowed me to do it. And he'll bless us for that. Amen. I'm not working my way through. Heaven's mine. But there is some things I need to be doing in this dress rehearsal of life. In 2 Peter 1.10, listen to what he says. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence that you make your calling and your election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never Listen, this is what the Bible said. You shall never fall if you make your calling and your election sure. What does that mean? The things the Lord has given you to do. As a child of God, you step out and do them. Whether anybody wants you to do them or not, you do them anyhow. Because you're not doing it for them, you're doing it for him. You say, I'm not that good at it. It doesn't matter. You do it for the Lord. And he blesses every effort that you make for him. He said, I'll go with you all the way, even down to the end. I'll make a way where there is no way. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can do all things through him. If you've got all this scripture and all this behind you, what's the problem? We've got our eyes off the Lord. We quit being in practice. We have sat down. Some have even quit. 
So we don't need to just practice. We need to be getting ready. I mean, we really need to get ready, church. We're trying on all this stuff, putting on all these clothes, getting ready for stuff that really ain't going to make a hill of beans of nothing. What are we really doing? We need to be getting ready for heaven. We're fixing to move out of here. What if this was the last service you will ever attend? What if you're here this morning and lost without God? The Bible says to be ye ready. For in the hour that you think not, so cometh the Son of Man. I believe when we all least expect it, maybe we got our minds on something other else. Wham, he's going to call for the church and we're going to move out of here. It's going to happen so fast just like that that we'll be in the air going, wow. I was fixing to go mow, but hallelujah. I'm headed for heaven. Won't that be wonderful? (laughs) It's going to happen that way, I'm telling you. And I've even heard somebody say, well, what the world be going, what happened? Where'd everybody go? I promise you, they're going to know what's happened. You ever thought about that saved, born again, child of God flying the plane, driving the train? Driving down the road, what's going to happen when they go out of here? Ain't nobody flying the plane no more. You reckon those 200 people are going to know what's going on? They're going to know real quick something's happened. And I hope they're ready to meet the Lord. If they was, they wouldn't be in the plane. They'd already be with the Lord. It's going to be a terrible time when the Lord calls for his church. Not for us. It's us that are ready. Us that have been practicing for the main event. It's going to be a joyful time. A joyful time. Oh, for those that are not ready. Colossians 3.2 says to set your affections on things above, not on things of earth. As children of God, we, we need to be thinking on heavenly things. Now, I know we've got to work. We've got families, we've got children, husbands or wives. We've got to do these things, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. But in everything we do, we're to honor him and to consider him and to thank him. Took the rain for us to be thankful for rain after we didn't have done for about three weeks. But if it was raining every day, we'd be complaining every day. Man, I wish it quit raining. Grass is going to be so big I can't mow it. I would be complaining about something. That's the way we are. We're we're human that way. But in this course of life, we need to keep our minds and our focus on him because any moment, he's going to come. I thought about this week. I said, I'll make up something to put here at the church for those that get left behind. I ought to put something here. You've seen them videos where people leave videotapes and this, that, and the other. We're way past all that now. What would you leave? John, I don't know. You're the IT man. I mean, we leave a thumb drive. What do we leave? I don't know. That's where we're at. Look look around at you at this church. It's, it's three quarters away full. Praise God this morning. But there's empty seats here. I promise you within 20 to 30 minutes after the church is out of here, this church will be fuller than it's ever seen in its life. 
because people will be coming from everywhere, running to every church trying to find out what do we need to do. They're going to find out they've been left behind. We need to be getting ready. We need to get ready. Matthew 24, 44, he says, Therefore be ye also ready, as I've done quoted. There's coming an hour that you're going to think not. And that's when he's going to show up. That's in Matthew 24, 44. Don't take my word for it. You need to read it for yourself. I, I'm just the mail carrier. I'm just delivering the mail this morning. We've got a whole instruction book that tells us what to do. And then in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, he says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard. It has never entered into your heart the things that God has prepared. You may say, well, that's good for you, preacher. You can live that strict life, but I want to do my thing. I, want, I don't want to live that, that strict. You want the power of God, you will. I remember being a young boy thinking the same thing. Man, them preachers got the power of God on them, and I really want to do my thing. I'm young. I need, I need to do what I want to do for a while. And then I'll get committed to God. I'm telling you, you better get right now and get it now and get the power on you now because we got that much of time left. That much. And I wish I had time to do it, and I don't this morning. But life is like a line. And if you think about a line, give me some songbook somebody if you think about a line in life I've used this before and I want to show you give me a few more I'm going to show you what your life really is this morning that's plenty that's plenty this is your life from start to finish maybe you can understand this morning this way we get started God has a will for our life and it looks like this. And I don't know what age it is you come to age accountability. When you know to do good and do it not, the Bible says it's sin. Can I get an amen? amen? So when you come to that age of accountability, you know what's right and wrong. Then you're accountable. God has certain things that go on in your life. And when you come to know him, say like this is it. This is where you get saved at. Okay, you didn't waste much of your life. You got saved early. God has a purpose for your life. He starts putting people in your life. Things that's supposed to happen in your life. People he's sending by that you're supposed to be a witness to. Songs that you should be singing for the Lord. Things that you should be doing. Maybe you're supposed to be preaching the gospel and you're running from God. This is where his calling came. And he's got this will for your life right here. Maybe you're supposed to be doing something in the church like teaching a Sunday school lesson or trying to help somebody or be a witness, be a deacon, be something for God. This is where it's supposed to happen at. And then he's going to let you have a season of harvest right here just before you die. There's your life laid out. This is God's will for your life. But you know what we do? We get lazy on God right here. And we don't want to do anything right here. And we say it's too early right now. I'll do it later right here. And then right here we, we feel convicted about it, but we don't do nothing about it. And we pass it right on by. 
And then right here, we was like, well, now they're all getting too serious. They're getting, they go too, too much to church and they want to do too much. I don't want to do that. Now look at your life. You're down to the end of your life and you ain't done nothing yet for God. And you're down here now. You're an older person. You're wore out. But you're right close to the end of your life. And all you get to do is that right there for God. That little bit for God. But I got good news. You may have missed out on everything that God had planned for your life. But those that come in on at the 11th hour will receive the same as the one that came in at the first hour. But I believe one day we'll stand before God. And the books will be open. And we'll be judged. And he'll say, Gary, you've been faithful over a few things. Come on into the joys of the Lord. But I want to show you something before you do. See this I have in my hands? Yes, Lord. This is everything I needed you to do. Right there's everything that you've done. I had so much more for you, but I love you anyhow. Enter into the joys of the Lord. Wouldn't you want your life to be all it could be for God every single place that he wants to move in your life? Wouldn't you want that to be in your life? Get ready, get ready, get ready. He's coming. He's got a purpose for your life. The devil says, no, he don't. He don't want that for your life. He just wants you to live like that preacher does so you can't have no fun and you can't do nothing in your life. The best time I've ever had is living for God. Following his will, following his plan, trying to help the people that he's gonna put in my life, committing my life unto him, seeking him first with my whole heart, committing my life. I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This ain't too much to ask out of your life. Somebody hurt my feelings. And I'm not going to do it. There'll be a gap in your life if you'll live in that misery. If you'll let the devil rob you of that, you'll have a gap in your life. Your dress rehearsal won't go good. The getting ready won't go good. You'll be a miserable person because you didn't do what God wanted you to do. Well, what is it, preacher? I don't know. That's between you and him. You're the one who stays up at night. You're the one who thinks about it all the time. You know what the Holy Spirit's telling. I'm telling you, you ought to get with me this morning. This is fresh off the press. This right here is going to matter because it's right before you right now. God's saying, you need to take care of this right now because there's a gap coming in your life. If you'll take care of this, business will pick up your life will start feeling fulfilled because you're getting ready for the main event. We're about to move out of here in this main event. When's it going to happen? When you least think not, that's when it's going to happen. Let me give you a couple more scriptures and I'm going to be done because I'm following what God is showing me to do this morning. Think about your life. 
Don't forget this illustration. You need to think right now, somebody's got a gap in their life and they're going to give an account for this. There's a will for God in your life, but there's a gap right now that you're not filling. Listen. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 55. In a moment and in a twinkling of an eye, the last trump. For the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For the, corrupt, for the corruptible must put on incorruption and the mortal put on immortality. So when this corrupt, corruptible shall have put on incorruption and the mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where's thy sting? O grave, where's thy victory? Where's thy victory? We can have victory today in the Lord if we'll follow his will. The problem is we're not following his will. John wrote it like this in Revelations 1 through 4. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And he said, I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a voice out of heaven speak and say, come up hither. One day after a while, he's gonna speak, gravity's gonna turn loose, and we're out of here to the main event, amen. Are you ready this morning, should he call for you? I'm telling you, somebody's life today is hanging in the balance. You may be here today and you've been playing church. Nobody knows about that right there. You've been playing like you're practicing. You've been playing like you're getting ready. You've been playing like you're ready for the main event. There's something going on in your life. You know what it might be? It might just be that you've never, ever been born again. And your plan hasn't been set yet. See, these are spiritual things I'm talking about. A lost man has, a, has an empty slate like that right there. His sins are still before him. The plan of God is not laid out before you because you can't see. You're blind by sin. He said, I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And it's not his will that any should perish but that all should come under repentance. There's a starting date and there's an ending date. I'm telling you today, somebody's life is hanging in the balance this morning. God would not have led me this way to tell you the things I've told you had it not been from him. Are you ready to follow his will or the devil's. Because someday, whether you're young or whether you're old, the Bible says there's no respecter of person. This day's coming. I've canceled a lot of appointments. I've missed a lot of appointments. I've let people down. But this is one appointment I will not miss. It's once appointed unto man to die, and after this, the judgment. 
We're all born in sin, but we have a choice before this day comes to get right. But you have no idea, Pastor, what I've done. It don't make no difference. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, how bad, how bad you've been. He loves you for who you are. I think we, we try to put titles on things, and we think if we get good enough, we can get saved. Or if we'll come to church enough, we can get saved. If we'll stop cussing, drinking, doping, whatever, we can get saved. Jesus says, come. Just as you are. Come. You mean he take me just the way I am? Just the way you are. I said just the way you are. Can I hear from you, church? There's a whole church here praying for you. Here for you. I don't know, somebody may be watching online that feels the same way. I have this year dealt with more people with depression, suicidal thoughts, homes being broken, children uh, wayward, everybody in a mess somewhere or the other. If you think about it, if I go home and didn't try to just let that go, it'd drive me nuts. And I say, God, what am I going to do? How can I help these people? And he says, oh, remember, open up my word. And I begin to read. And he begins to show me. He says, tell them to get ready. Get ready. Get ready. I'm coming. I'm coming. Their dates are running out. The time's getting at hand. They need to get ready. I'm coming. Warn them. I'm coming. So that's what I'm here to do this morning is tell you. He's coming. What will you do for this main event if Jesus was to come today?